Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Final hour of trading on a Wednesday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing. Stocks are climbing as corporate earnings reports pick up steam and investors assess the fallout of the Trump administration's embattled health care bill. After the bell, it is T-Mobile, American Express, and Qualcomm. Right now, the S&P 500 index up 11 to 2471 at a record, a gain of five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 41 to 63.85, higher by seven-tenths of one percent. Should mention that year-to-date, NASDAQ is now up by 18.6 percent. The Dow, no record there. It's up 45 to 21,620, up by two-tenths of one percent. Robert Sinch is global strategist at Amherst Pierpont Securities. Look, there's a big supply of assets in the marketplace, whether it be the, the baby boomer uh, you know, retirement savings, whether there be central banks. Uh, and when you get this much liquidity uh, supplied to markets, you're just not going to get a lot of volatility unless you get some abrupt, abrupt changes in expectations. And I think that the central banks tried to hint at that a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, but so far, the Bank of Canada is the only central bank that's really followed up with anything on the, on the policy side. I don't think the ECB brings us anything this week. I don't think the Bank of Japan brings us anything new. And, of course, we will have complete coverage of the ECB tomorrow morning right here on Bloomberg Radio. Money managers haven't been this underweight U.S. equities since January of 2008, according to Bank of America Merrill Lynch's most recent fund manager survey. Allocations to U.S. stocks have reached 20%. Underweight. The 10 year down 230 seconds yield there, 2.27%. Gold lower little change down 50 cents the ounce to 1241. Crude oil 47.15 a barrel, higher by 75 cents, up 1.6%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much. This is Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Master in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Corey Johnson, my co host, just off on this Wednesday. You are listening to Bloomberg. All right, everybody, it is time for the chart of the day. A little Bob Dylan for you. Uh, and somehow that's going to get us to the chart, which is on Netflix today. Let's bring in our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson. What do you got for us, Dave? Netflix and the rest of the FANG stocks. That's where the you go your way and ah, I go mine reference nice. comes through. Because let's face it, we, we still have this... Uh, group that people kind of think about, if nothing else, uh, all with ties to technology, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, owned by Alphabet. And what's interesting is if you look back at the history of these stocks' performances immediately after their earnings reports come out, well, they've hardly moved as a group. You know, we had this uh, 14% gain yesterday in Netflix after uh, they came out with second quarter results. You look back at the history, though, going back to 2012 when Facebook went public, and you see that only once have all four stocks moved higher in the wake of earnings. And that exception was uh, for the reporting period uh, of fourth quarter of 2014, which is where the chart begins. Go back before then, though, 
And at least one stock always moved in the opposite direction from the others. And uh, it's been true since that fourth quarter of 2014 as well. So, you know, history would suggest that what we saw on Netflix isn't necessarily much of a precedent for the rest of the FANG stocks in terms of their uh, potential to move after earnings reports. And we'll get all those numbers next week, by the way, uh, starting with Alphabet, then Facebook, then Amazon as the week unfolds. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. You know, Dave, um, to me it makes sense because those – Companies are not the same thing. Like, oh, they're you know very what I mean? different. They're not apples to apples. They're they're all doing kind of different things. So Absolutely. it makes sense that they, you know, are going to trade differently whether based on earnings. Whether and, it's retail right. or social media or video streaming or search or whatever. Yes, they are different, and people react to sort of different pieces of the puzzle right. when it comes to their quarterly results. That's a good investor, right? You, you look at each case. Individually. Absolutely. Just saying. All right. Dave Wilson's going to stick around with us, uh, his chart of the day here. But let's bring in Maxime Sabai, EMEA economist uh, at Bloomberg Intelligence, typically based in London in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. So you're looking at emerging markets. You're looking at uh, Middle East. You're looking at Europe Africa. mostly. Oh, emerging, yes. mostly emerging Europe. Uh, it's interesting and it's great to have you here because we are hearing, uh, I feel like more market watchers who like Europe but looking at, to some extent, emerging Europe. Give us the backdrop. So uh, if, if you look, actually, uh, I'm looking mostly at the Eurozone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting to look at the Eurozone right now is uh, is the ECB meeting on Thursday. Um, so obviously, emerging Europe is, is, uh, is a big topic. Uh, but I think what people are looking at for uh, markets right now is Mario Draghi. Um, he had the Sintra speech. Um, you've seen the mini tapper tantrum following that speech. And now he has a second opportunity to actually clarify the ECB communication. And that's what really matters tomorrow for the meeting. Is that what he's going to be about, clarification? Well, he had a first warning that actually the markets interpreted the, the, the speech a different way they wanted. The speech right. was dovish and the markets thought it was an hawkish speech. Uh, so tomorrow he will have to make some clarification about that. He will have to, um, uh, he has basically one hour uh, facing the journalist to say exactly what he thinks and uh, how he thinks. Actually, he's probably going to get the question uh, what he thinks about the market reaction. And he's probably not very happy about it. Right, right, right. That's the last thing that uh, central bankers want. Yeah, he wants, uh, well, I'm sure central bank of communication matters, and so you want to make sure you have a gradual uh, uh, line of communication where uh, the message gets across without any big disruption in financial markets. All right. So in is there one aspect, though, of what Mr. You know, Draghi is going to be talking about? You mentioned you know, kind of calming the markets down from what happened last time, but go above that, and then what else do you want to hear from So the, the, the real deal, actually, tomorrow, is, it's probably going to be a non-event. We don't, we don't, have any, we don't expect any right. policy change or warning change. Uh, what matters is uh, the September meeting. And so he's probably going to point at that saying, wait for September. We're going to have new forecasts. We're going to have new GDP figures. Um, so the message tomorrow is probably going to say, well, things are looking much better in the Eurozone, but it's still far from being good. And so let's wait. Let's be patient. Uh, let's be persistent in our monetary policy stance. Um, that's what I expect from him, actually, the message on the press conference. And Europe, too, having problems in terms of finding inflation. 
Yeah, exactly. Europe too. Um, we have like stronger the United growth, States, and that's like, what like I like in the UK, too, right? like in the US, exactly. So, um, and Europe is actually not uh, as far ahead in the economic cycle as the US or the UK. So, if you look at the eurozone right now, you have stronger growth. You have an employment at a record low, eight-year low. But the big missing is inflation. Um, wages are not going up. Wages are not accelerating. Core inflation is still around one percent. Headline inflation is actually trending down, and that's what they want to see is actually an upward trend. So, they want to see the opposite. They're mm-hmm. not seeing it yet. Everybody's looking for it. Dave, Wilson, anything out of that, uh, out of uh, Mario Draghi tomorrow that might impact in terms of uh, the U.S. trade? Well, I mean, only to the extent that, you know, people are looking to Europe and kind of trying to figure out if indeed you're you're in a situation where economies are expanding worldwide. Uh, And you have to be concerned about, you know, the central bank's potential to kind of upset the apple cart as far as that goes. You know, that said, I mean, just looking at stock performance, uh, things have been just fine over there. Uh, You're looking at, uh, you know, the stocks uh, index. It really looks broadly at the uh, region. I mean, it's up about 7% this year. Not quite keeping pace with the S&P 500, but nonetheless uh, doing relatively well. I mean, are, um, Maxime, have officials over in Europe kind of given up on kind of our traditional economic relationship where we should be seeing inflation? Are they thinking things have changed? In other words, it's different this time around? And maybe we won't see inflation pick up like we have in past? Well, yeah, if you look at um, uh, what we call the Phillips curve, which is the relationship Correct. between unemployment and, and the price. Wages uh, should be going up. Well, yeah, they should. They should in the U.S., they should in the U.K., they should in the Eurozone. Um, so the, that relationship is actually the historical relationship doesn't work anymore to explain uh, current inflation. And that's a big problem because it was the tool uh, for the central bankers worldwide wide to forecast inflation. So now they have to come up with something new. And uh, that's the point, actually, uh, the most important point is that they have to be patient. They have to wait. And right. again, this is the, probably the message that uh, Mario Draghi is going to get across tomorrow. All right. should be fascinating to watch and we'll, we'll obviously be uh, monitoring any market uh, reaction. Maxime Sabai, EMEA economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, typically based in London, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York, along with our own Dave Wilson. Stocks editor of Bloomberg News. He'll have a stock of the day a little bit later on on Bloomberg. Once again, a check on your latest world and national news headlines. Let's uh, head on over to Adrian Mitchell in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Adrian. Thanks so much, Carol. President Trump says Senate Republicans should not leave town without a health care plan. We're close. We're very close. The president spoke after a White House lunch with GOP senators. He says now's the time to keep their promise on health care. The president has said he's willing to let Obamacare fail, but Bloomberg chief Washington correspondent Kevin Cirilli says the focus is shifting toward improving it. There are areas in which Democrats and Republicans want to fix the insurance exchanges, and that seems to be where all of this is headed, into a fix-it type of bill for health care, but not one that would be a dramatic overhaul. That, of course, will upset some of ultra-conservatives, especially the ones that I'm talking to behind the scenes. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says there will be a vote next week to open debate on repealing Obamacare. President Trump has won a partial victory in the Supreme Court on his travel ban. The Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to intervene. So those grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, they have to be allowed in. On the second issue, the Supreme Court uh, said we will temporarily let the administration 
uh, continue to block these people while that issue is being taken up by uh, the Ninth Circuit. Bloomberg's Greg Store at the Supreme Court. North Korea could be getting ready for a missile test in about two weeks, CNN basing that report on U.S. satellite data. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.